This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I am your host, Ben Kurkowski, and yesterday the Packers beat the Washington football team 24 to 10. What seemed to be a complete annihilation at first glance. But this was far from that for the Packers. The Packers won this game and have now won six straight games in a row, but not with a bit of luck on their side in this game, especially to say the least. Going into this game on Sunday, we talked about how the Packers had the worst red zone defense in the NFL, having a historically bad season thus far, allowing 15 of 15 attempts in the red zone for touchdowns. And on Sunday, that streak truly should have continued. On the very first two attempts the football team made to try and get into the end zone, they really got screwed. (laughs) On the first attempt, Heineke simply could have ran the ball in, but he slides, which downs himself at about the one-yard line, and then they don't pick up the fourth and goal, even though he should have simply just walked into the end zone and took the seven points off the board. Uh, And that took the seven points off the board for the football team. And then on the very next drive, the next red zone opportunity the Packers defense had, the football team does the exact same thing. The Packers allow the football team to drive all the way down the field. And on third and two, Terry McLaurin, one of the best receivers in the NFL, has an easy touchdown catch opportunity. And he lets the ball hit him in the shoulder instead of just simply moving his hands to catch the touchdown. It was just an awful play right there. That's two touchdowns the football team just simply missed, which would have tied the game at 21-21 with one minute, 15 seconds left in the third quarter, and it could have been anybody's game really at that point. Especially with how good that football team offense was truly driving down the field, we probably would be talking about an entirely different thing right now, and we probably would be talking about how bad this defense is, and Joe Barry needs to get fired some people would be talking about that's how bad this really should be right now because the Packers would be at a red zone conversion percentage for a touchdown of almost 95% of the time okay the uh if the football team would have converted on those two plays which they definitely should have this is what's concerning to me because truly the Packers defense got lucky in this game and there was probably one play I'd say that went the the football team's way. Uh, Eric Stokes gives up that first touchdown on a deep ball that he was inches away from breaking up. And Heineke was also inches away from getting sacked on that very same play uh, by a great pressure by Jalen Smith, who I really like his athleticism out there. I've been impressed with him so far, but for the most part, a lot of the calls truly went the Packers way in this game. And those calls could have easily been swapped around and changed this whole ball game around. Other than those big plays defensively, there was a lot to like in this game, though, for the Packers. And the biggest and most important part of this game that amazed me the most was the Packers' coverage. I was ready to come in and say that the Packers' pass rush 
which was also very good in this game, uh, was the most important part. But the Packers coverage unit in this game was phenomenal, better than the pass rush, pass rush even. We saw early on Rasul Douglas got called for a bad pass interference call, which on a play where he, he was just phenomenal. He had really tight coverage, and it was a great play overall. Uh, and that actually hurts his overall grade. But even though that happened, Douglas finished this game with an elite 88.3 overall grade, and it would have been in the 90s if it wasn't for that pass interference call. And it didn't stop there. Chan Sullivan had an 83.3 coverage grade. Stokes had a 75.8 coverage grade. Adrian Amos had a 75.2 coverage grade. All of our secondary, except Darnell Savage, were excellent in coverage throughout this game. And even Savage made a couple plays that were big plays for the Packers. And it's great to see after a slow start to the year uh, for this coverage unit. And to see that kind of performance from a guy specifically like Douglas, who we just picked up a few weeks ago, is such good news for a Packers team that is struggling with depth at cornerback. And the Packers have to be feeling a lot better right now, especially when Kevin King and Jair Alexander begin to get healthy and they come back to this team and the sec and the secondary really has all the pieces they plan on having. Even Isaac Yadam came in for injured Rasul Douglas for a few plays and he played solid as well in this game. Like I said before, the pass rush was also fantastic in this game. The football team had the best pass blocking offensive line in the entire NFL, but that did not stop the Packers from getting after Heineke consistently in this game. Rashawn Gary finished the game with 10 pressures. He was elite in this game as a pass rusher. Kenny Clark had another seven from the interior, and the Packers had a total of 27 pressures in this game, pressuring Heineke on over 40% of his dropbacks, which is a huge amount of the time now in back-to-back weeks pressuring the opposing QB over 40% of the time, which is really good. That's a number you're always shooting for. And the Packers have done that back-to-back weeks now, which is great to see. And honestly, Devondre Campbell is making the case to be the best linebacker in the entire NFL. After another phenomenal week, he finished this game with an 88.2 overall grade and now is the only linebacker in the NFL playing at an elite level. And he truly is covering up the weaknesses of this entire defense consistently as he is making great stops constantly, giving the Packers plenty of down and distance opportunities every single week. How Devondre Campbell was a free agent into the summer, how he was so misused early on in his career. It's just incredible to see him working and incredible to see the impact of having a top linebacker in the NFL on your defense after the Packers have not had a linebacker play the way Campbell has ever in my life as a Packers fan. And we've seen Campbell make a entirely a gigantic difference because if Campbell was not on the field, guys, this defense would be giving up a lot more plays and a lot more points. He has had an incredible impact on this defense, and it's been amazing to see uh, offensively for the Packers. It was great to see the Packers win in a different way this week. Over the first six games of the season, the Packers relied on the rushing attack every single week more and more. They were more and more efficient every single week. And then this week, the Packers needed to switch up their plan of attack as the Washington football team didn't give them the option to run the ball. And this defensive line was just too good up front. And the Packers had to consistently throw the ball in this game. And they did very well doing just that. Aaron Rodgers was very efficient in this game. He was 27 for 35, 274 yards passing, three touchdowns in this game. He had an 86.5 overall PFF grade. Overall, Rodgers was just 
great in this game. He looked so settled. He was just very smart, even though he was facing pressure at times in this game. I saw creativity near the red zone in order to find ways to score, like scheming up a matchup for Tunyon to win in the end zone, which was amazing to see. I saw the Packers use Alan Lazard all the way down the field at half for five catches on that one drive and a touchdown to score right before the half taking advantage of another matchup where Lazard was being covered by someone who was at least six inches smaller than him and letting him work with his size. The ball was spread around big time in this game. And we, and still we saw an incredible one-on-one opportunity set up for Devonte Adams on the backside to make an amazing catch down the sideline in traffic. And we saw Rodgers make a very difficult throw on the run under pressure back across his body for an Adams touchdown early in this game. We saw, we even saw them use lots of play action, jet sweeps screens, and take a few deep shots throughout this game. Even if they weren't necessarily necessarily successful on those deep shots, it's great to see that they are still taking them. It was great to see this offense work so well throughout this game. And to me, it seemed as if the running game really wasn't much of an option for the Packers. And there are games when you're not going to be able to run the ball as well as you hope you would. And the Packers did not run the ball well or much at all in this game. The Packers only had 13 designed runs in this game, averaging barely over three yards per carry, which is a big reason why the Packers only put up 24 points in this game. Not to mention the fumble that was a... Packers turnover late in this ballgame as well by A.J. Dillon, but I don't believe this should be overanalyzed. I think the Packers simply got outmatched in this game by the defensive best defensive line in the NFL across from them and struggled to run the football because of that in this game. I don't think this will be a consistent theme, and I think the Packers will be able to figure this out. What we needed to see is what we saw from this Packers passing attack when needed to be relied on heavily that they could come through, and they did just that. The offensive line only allowed Rodgers to be pressured on 22.5% of his dropbacks, which is truly not that much and, again, is quite impressive knowing the team they are going up against, like the football team who has that best pass rush in football. But I truly believe it was Rodgers getting the ball out quick and just our offensive scheme that played a huge role in just the play calling that played a huge role in keeping Rodgers from being under siege throughout this game. Elkin Jenkins had a pass blocking grade of 84.3, but other than that, most of our starters had pretty poor performances according to PFF. Lucas Patrick and Billy Turner had pass blocking grades in the 50s, while JRJ and Newman had pass blocking grades in the 40s. The Packers have really um, uh, done well in order uh, to somehow consistently make up for the lack of quality players on the offensive line in front of Rodgers so far this season. Our offensive line has looked uh, like this so far on the interior so far this season. Uh, Lucas Patrick is the 26th ranked center, while Josh Myers is the 27th ranked center in the entire NFL. And at guard, JRJ is the 47th ranked guard, and Royce Newman is the 77th ranked guard in the NFL of 78 qualifying guards. So that's second to last in the entire NFL of qualifying guards for Royce Newman. This interior offensive line for the Packers is not playing well. This scheme is protecting these guys, and it's doing incredibly well knowing that we just faced up against the best pass rush in the NFL and we're still able to put up 24 points and only allow Rodgers to be pressured under 25% of the time. And that's what I'm very impressed with. If... 
you wanted to go back to the draft uh, and the players I would have selected on the offensive line, if you were wondering, instead of Josh Myers, the 27th ranked center, I would have taken Creed Humphrey. We talked about this a few weeks back. He is still the second best center in the NFL right now. And instead of Royce Newman, the 77th best guard in the NFL right now, I would have selected Trey Smith at that spot. And that would have been and he is now the ninth best guard in the NFL. So if you're wondering just how using data and statistics to help make the best decision in front of you uh, can truly have, what kind of impact that data and statistics can have, it's very important because we see right here a great example of that coming true. The Packers offensive line has played well uh, so far, knowing we have two of the worst offensive lineman at their position playing on the Packers own line so far this year. Imagine, just imagine how good it would have been by replacing those two with the two guys I just mentioned. I wish they would have drafted instead. They didn't, but I'm just, I, this is why the draft is so important. This is why data statistics are so important. This is why not overdrafting uh, your guys, trusting overall recommendations can always be so, so important in helping you make the best decision but whatever, let's move on. And now at this point, the Packers are seven games into the regular season and are six and one. And we knew going into the season that the first part of this schedule was going to be much easier than this middle section or this end of the year. And I couldn't be more right. The first six opponents the Packers have faced up against had a winning percentage of just 400. And now the rest of the season, the Packers have the ninth toughest strength of schedule in the entire NFL with a winning percentage of 537. But that includes teams that are currently struggling, but there's much reason to believe that they will be much better when we face them. For example, like the Chiefs, who are 3-4, and four, but still are one of the scariest teams to play in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. He will figure it out. Don't think he has lost it. Uh, that's like thinking Aaron Rodgers has lost it, and he can come in any week and beat you. Okay, the Seahawks are two and four right now, but have been without Russell Wilson. He should be back to play when the Packers play them in a few weeks. Even the Vikings, who have Kirk Cousins, is having a career year and is the third best QB in the in the NFL right now. And we have to play him twice. We have to play the LA Rams, who are one of the top teams in the NFC. The Ravens, who can beat any team on any given week with Lamar Jackson. The Browns, who should have a much healthier roster come the time we play them in Week 17. And then just this Thursday, the Packers will face up against the Cardinals, the only undefeated team left in the entire NFL. Over the course of the season so far, the Packers defense has faced literally zero true top QBs in the NFL. And our defense has held up. And I hope it would when you face bad quarterbacks. But the Packers are about to go up against seven of the top 10 QBs in the entire NFL over the next 10 games. Okay, that's going to be much more difficult for our defense to overcome. We talked about just this last week when we were pre previewing the Washington football team, just how good that defense was in 2020 because they didn't play any quality teams with any quality quarterbacks. That's the same thing with the Packers so far this season. The Packers have not faced any quality offensive opponents except maybe Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I think this is going to be a huge wake-up call for the Packers and just how good this team is overall. If the Packers are going to come through and win a majority of these games, the Packers are going to have to, for sure, first of all, just stay healthy and get healthy. Guys like David Bakhtiari and 
MVS have to return to this offense because we have to overcome some of the things that that this offense has consistently been missing. Like we just talked about with how weak our interior offensive line has been, we need to make up for that. We need David Bakhtiari in at left tackle. We need to switch Elton Jenkins to fill one of these holes on the interior offensive line for the Packers. And that would be a huge boost. Then we have to add who our true number two receiver. We know MVS was going to be the number two receiver on this Packers team. He's been missing for a majority of the season so far. And he is our deep threat. If he can get healthy, he will add a huge component to our offense in stretching out the defenses that we play, opening up a huge part of the field, opening up our running game, opening up the short intermediate routes as well for the rest of this Packers receiving core. On top of that, we need guys like Preston Smith and Jair Alexander have to get healthy on defense as well if we are going to pull through because this is going to be extremely difficult to win most of these games the rest of the year. The Packers are going to have to take a step forward offensively. We have seen improvements from the scheme offensively over the last two weeks, but the Packers are really going to have to open up this offense and make the necessary adjustments and bring back that 2020 offense that was the best in the NFL if we are going to win these games moving forward. And the Packers have a chance to win these games. There's not a doubt in my mind. And and they could finish the season 13-4, maybe 14-2, and and that would be incredible. But if they don't make the adjustments we just talked about and our team cannot stay healthy or get healthy, this could go downhill very quickly for the Packers. And we could easily see the Packers going 500-10 the year and finishing with just 11 wins, which probably would still win them the NFC North, but the Packers would just lose the opportunity to have a bye or ha- have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which would be, would that'd be a bummer for a team that will need every advantage it can get if they want to win a Super Bowl and what could be the last opportunity for a very long time as you could lose guys like Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams this offseason. So it's so important that the Packers win each and every one of these games to give them the best chance at a Super Bowl this season. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast, and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.